Ես կուզեմ Աստու խոսքիցը կարդանք Մաթեոսի 16-րդ գլուխը like to speak from Matthew chapter 16 Ուշուշիկը եթե հայերեն ծուրքիր ունեք Ուշուշիկ եկեք այստեղ կարդացեք Մաթեոս 16-ը 13-ից մինչև 19 Matthew chapter 16 verse 13 to verse 19 Եվ հետո ալեն When Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who are the people saying I am? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, some Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, Who do you think I am? Simon Peter answered, The Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. God has blessed you, Simon, son of Jonah, Jesus said, for my Father in heaven has personally revealed this to you. This is not from any human source. You are Peter, a stone, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever doors you lock on earth shall be locked in heaven, and whatever doors you open on earth shall be open in heaven. Հիսուս Պիլիպոսի գեսերիայի գողբերը երթալով, իր աշագերտենում հարցուծ ուսավ, մարդիկով գսեն թե ես եմ հորդի մարդով, անոն գսին, ոմանք գսեն թե հովանես մգրդիչն ես, ուրիշներ եղյան, ուրիշներ արերեմյան, գամ Սուսը սավանոր, երանիք եզի Սիմոն, հովնանի որդի, վասնձի մարմինը յուարյունը կեզի չհայքնեցին ասիգա, հաբա իմ հայրս, որ երգին կն է։ Ես կեզի կսեմ թե թուն բեդրոս, ես ու այս վեմին վրա բիդիս շինեմ իմ Uh, this year, um, the theme for both the Persian-speaking church and the Armenian church is uh, the church itself, the church. And other speakers are free to choose their subject, but uh, for my part, uh, I'm going to speak about the church uh, in the main. 
and two Sundays I've already spoken about the church. I've spoken about the church as the body of Christ and as the bride of Christ. Um, I'm not going to give another symbolic metaphorical uh, talk about what the church is. I want to talk about how our relationship to Christ should be and how Christ's relationship to the church should be. And in this uh, uh, scripture that we read, it's very clear the type of relationship that we're meant to have with Christ. Who is Jesus in the church? The first thing that we see is that Jesus is the living Lord of the church. He's the owner of the church. And the church belongs to him. Look at the question that Jesus asked the disciples. Who do people say I am? And he heard different uh, answers. Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, some Jeremiah. So it seems that people hadn't understood who exactly Jesus was. And it was important to Jesus that the disciples understood who he was. And he was uh, thinking that when he ascends to heaven, will the disciples be able to represent him for who he truly is? And Peter's answer demonstrated that the disciples had truly understood who Jesus is. They hadn't fully come to terms with who he was, but they were starting to understand who he was. Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And this is the confession upon which Christ has built his church. Satan tries to cheapen and, and bring down uh, the status of Jesus in the church. Uh, Last week, just uh, for the second or third time this year, the Jehovah's Witnesses came to visit us. I'm sure they've also visited you. We need to learn from them in terms of uh, zeal for evangelism. And I said, I'm sorry that I can't accept what you have to say. And I don't have time to go into all of this with you. I respect you, but um, I can't accept your teaching. They asked me, what problem do you have? 
Asam amena kılxavur düşvarutunu sayvur tu terisus Kristosim vur pes der çekimanum. I said the first problem I have is that you don't accept that the Lord Jesus is Lord. You accept him as some kind of prophet. He's my Lord. He tried to bring a verse to demonstrate to me that he wasn't, that Jesus was not God. And with my broken English, I gave him ten different verses which demonstrated that Jesus is Lord. And every knee needs to, needs to um, bow and every tongue needs to confess that Jesus is Lord. <laughs> he said to his friend, we need to go and try someone else. <laughs> It's very important that we accept Jesus as Lord in all areas and all things. Not only that we should confess that, but we should allow him to exercise his lordship over our lives. And to, to, for him to rule over our lives. Jesus is the, is the head of the church. And if something goes wrong with the head, if something goes wrong with the brain, the mind, and the whole body disintegrates. So we can only see that uh, our life will be in order when we allow the head, when we allow Jesus to fully uh, rule over us. And I like it that Jesus says here, my church. It's, the church doesn't belong to someone else, it belongs to the Lord. The church is not an orphan who has no owner. The church, the church has a Lord and we belong to him. And the church is extremely valuable to the Lord. Because it is his body, his bride. And he can't be indifferent towards his own church. Church, uh, Jesus um, has a passion, is jealous for his church. And he's paid a price for his church. He spilled his precious blood for his church. When Saul was persecuting the church, what did Jesus say when he when he met with Saul? Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Saul wasn't persecuting Jesus; he was persecuting the church. But, but Jesus said, "You're persecuting me." So we, we can learn from this that whoever um, persecutes the church persecutes Jesus. Uh, in, the, in the Old Testament it says that if one of you uh, even touches a hair on your head, it's as if he's touching the pupil of my eye. And it says, I've placed you in the palm of my hand. You're always within my sight. <laughs> it doesn't say that I've placed you behind my ear. <laughs> or under my feet. 
The Lord says, I have placed you within the palm of my hand that you might always be within my sight. We see our hands all day long. And if we want to remember something, sometimes we write on our own on our own hand. The church is precious to God because it's always within his sight. And it's not a coincidence that he's talked about the church being the palm of his hand because his hands were crucified and where his nails lie, that's where the church lies. It says that uh, Jesus was the found, founder of the church. It says, I will build my church. These are very beautiful words. I am building my church. I'm very glad that Jesus is the founder of the church. And he's the builder of the church himself. He, he laid the foundation of the church and he will continue its construction and he will finish it. And if we have this type of relationship with Jesus, then we are truly a church. Vazgen said that he didn't have anything to say until Saturday evening, but then right at the end he did receive some kind of message for us. Jesus wants to build us up, edify us every day. He wants us to grow daily. He wants to work in us daily. Not only work for us, but work in us. Uh, Sunday school teacher asked the children, children, who do you think created us? All the children said God. But one child gave a, a more beautiful answer. He said, the Lord has created us but his creation work still continues in us. And it still hasn't completed. And the Lord is continuing to work his creation, his creative work within us. And if we allow him, God, uh, Jesus wants to build up the church. He wants to um, establish the church. He wants to grow the church. When we say to someone, God bless you, what does that mean? We say, may God increase what he's doing in you. May God grow his work in you. We also see here that the foundation of the church is built on Jesus. What does Jesus say? I will build my church on what? On a rock. So 
The church is built on Jesus because Jesus is the rock of the church. Some Catholic Catholic brothers uh, misinterpret this verse. I really respect them and there are many wonderful believers amongst them. There are 80 million charismatic Catholics who are full of the Holy Spirit and God uses them in wonderful ways. And we can't deny the wonderful service that they do. And, uh, but some of them take this portion of scripture and believe that Jesus built his church on Peter. But uh, we don't see anywhere in scripture um, man being referred to as a rock. In the Old Testament, in the Psalms, in the New Testament, we see God uh, referred to as a rock. Peter's name means in and of itself a stone, a small rock. In Greek, uh, Peter is patroi, which means a small stone. He says, you may be Petroi, but I'm going to build my church on Petra, the rock. And they're different one from the other. So in Greek, the word Peter doesn't at all relate to the word for rock. He says to Peter, you are a Petroi, small stone. You can, you can work in the church. And you can work with me. But the church is not built on man. The church is built on Petra, the rock, the living rock, Jesus. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, Peter, uh, Paul says, there is no rock upon which the church is built other than the rock of Jesus Christ. So church has not been built. The church has been built on man. The true church is built on Christ. Billy Graham told an interesting story. He said, I was uh, flying somewhere. There was a drunk man in the plane and he'd lost control of himself. He was doing some strange things. And the cabin crew said to him, well, if you're not embarrassed in front of us, you should be embarrassed in front of Billy Graham. He said, oh, Billy Graham's here. They said, yes, he is. He's in the plane. Where is he sitting? They took him to him. He goes and uh, hugs Billy Graham. He says, Dr. Graham, 
I'm your most devoted, uh, devoted follower. Your, your preaching really has had an impact on my life. Billy Graham was quite depressed to hear that. <laughs> he said, if this is what you're like when my sermons have impacted on you, what would you have been like if they hadn't? I've seen lots of people who follow great preachers, but their life hasn't turned out as it should because they haven't followed Jesus They've looked to people as the foundation of their faith. All of us are vehicles. We are all uh, vehicles used by Christ to lead people to Him. If you ask me what my greatest wish is for the church, for this, for this church or the Persian language church in North London and anywhere my greatest desire is this to take uh, your hand and to put it in the hand of Christ and for me to withdraw and introduce you to, to your beloved Jesus you and your Lord you enjoy each other, enjoy your relationship with each other, and I'll, I'll stand and watch. And when uh, you lose your grip slightly with Jesus, there's a problem in your relationship with him, I can come, come in and perhaps help uh, reconcile you to him once again. That's our ministry. We cannot replace the role of Christ in the church. We have no authority to do that. When the disciples performed miracles and people wanted to worship them, what did the disciples do? They would tear their clothes. They said, no, not... No, you should worship the Lord. Peter raised Cornelius up. He said, I'm a man just like you. And even uh, the angel would not allow John to worship him. You should worship the Lord alone. He is the foundation of the church. And whichever, whatever church is built on the foundation uh, of the rock will never perish. But the church which is built on, on the sand, which is built on worldly things, cannot stay, stay standing strong. What other wonderful thing do we learn about Jesus here in relation to the church? Jesus is the liberator of the church, the savior of the church. From all the powers of darkness and from the gates of hell. 
Եթե իմ եկեղեցիս շինելու եմ ժայրի վրա եւ դժողքի թռները չի կարող իր վրա հաղթի I will build my church and all the powers of hell shall not prevail against it The word kan zuravor khostume is a powerful words դժողքի թռները չեն կարող հաղթել The gates of hell shall not prevail I think of what shvok chi karog yekeretin kandi kam yekeretin It means no one can destroy the church or, or harm the church. You might think You might think this is not really true because many churches in England for example have closed, closed down or Some churches churches have been converted to mosques. Եվ <laughs> <laughs> Yes, shinem, dzhokhti tereri chi karogh iran hakhti. So what does it mean when Jesus says I will build my church and the powers of hell shall not prevail? Lav natatek Jesus yerp ais khostum atalis. When does Jesus say this? Yerp for Jesus lini yekeretsu tere. When Jesus is the Lord of the church. Yerp for Jesus lini yekeretsu himnatire. When Jesus is the founder of the church. Yerp for Jesus lini yekeretsu himke yev jayre. When Jesus is the foundation and the rock of the church. Ai yekeretsin that church will not have the powers of darkness prevail many churches are called churches but are not churches in essence my father uh, took my father a long time to come to faith he really battled of us for years and made fun of us. And he considered ourselves to be in a sect that had separated away from the Orthodox Church. I said, Father, I was, I was, we were part of the church which was called illuminated, but in reality we were in darkness. Now God has illuminated us. We are true followers of uh, Gregory the Illuminator. It's the same gospel. The Lord has opened our eyes. Why don't you believe? He said, I have to go and ask my priest and then I'll let you know. Unfortunately, that particular priest wasn't a believer. And he, said, he went to him and said, uh, Father, is there life after death? Tell me. He said, the priest said, open your eyes to make sure you don't fall into a ditch in this earth. Don't worry about what happens afterwards. <laughs> He says, my, my children are telling me there's a heaven and a hell. I'll go to hell if I don't repent. And 
And the priest said, well, tell your children all of these stories made to scare you into living uh, appropriately during this life. And my father asked him, said, well, if you don't believe all this, why are you a priest? He said, it's, you know, it's a job. I earn my, I earn my living. Everyone has to earn a living somehow. I don't want to suggest that uh, all priests are like this. There are many, many uh, true believers amongst the Armenian priests. And I don't want to imply that all uh, Protestant pastors, evangelical pastors, are all truly godly. There are. Uh, my, my, what I'm trying to say is general, even in our church, if Jesus is not the head of the church, if Jesus is not the rock, if Jesus is not the builder of the church, if Jesus is not the real Lord of the church, the powers the powers of darkness and the gates of hell will prevail against us. But if he takes his true place as Lord, as founder, as the rock, as the builder, as the center, as the Lord, as the head, as the king, no power of darkness will be, be able to prevail Hallelujah. against that type of church. Do you know what the last king in Afghanistan did? His name was Zahir Shah. I think he's still alive. In Kabul, uh, there was a church for uh, a church for the Americans, for the Europeans who used to work there. It was a very beautiful building. But in Afghanistan, someone became a Christian. They killed him. And they completely tore down that church with bulldozers. Because they said they're trying to convert us into Christians. And with great pride, uh, the king said, in my country there will be no church, there's no such thing as a convert. What happened in Afghanistan? The Russians came and they went to war with Afghanistan. Then the Taliban came. And they're still there. Then the Americans came. And for years Afghanistan has been in conflict. But what happened in all of this suffering? There are a number of Christians amongst the Americans, amongst the European soldiers, and they brought the Bible to Afghanistan. And they distributed Bibles throughout the country. And Christianity flourished. 
Many people came uh, out of the country and heard the message and became Christians. And some of them went back to their country and, and preached the, to their people. I've been to lots of conferences which have been full of just Afghans. And I know missionaries who just work amongst the Afghans. They are difficult people. And they're very strong Muslims. But look how God worked in them. I don't know where the king is now, so I can say to him, well, look, you try, you are, you are proud of the fact there are no Christians in your country. And now thousands have become Christians. It's the same in Iran. When persecution increases, the roots of the church grow deeper. Islam has not been able to conquer Christianity just like communism hasn't been able to. I've met the leaders of the church in Cuba and Vietnam. And they've told me there are tens and thousands of cell groups in our countries. And when they spoke to me of their faith, they, um, I was embarrassed. If Jesus is the foundation of the church, no power of darkness can prevail. I'd like to finish in the following five minutes. What is our relationship like with this Jesus, the Jesus who has this position in the church? Like Peter, we have to confess our faith um, and the Lordship of Christ. We have to know that the church is the living, is the joyful people of God. Why is that? Because when Jesus confessed, uh, when Peter confessed this, Jesus, uh, Jesus said, God has blessed you. Simon, son of Jonah, God has blessed you. He says the same to us. We need to know that as a church, God has blessed us. If our faith is, is built on that rock, on that foundation, then we are blessed. We need to know that the, it's the Holy Spirit that reveals the truth about the status of the church. So that Peter could not boast. Jesus said, Peter, realize that it is not from any human source that this was revealed. It wasn't from your Bible study. It wasn't from your wisdom. 
assume you're particularly sharp-witted. It was the Holy Spirit, it was the Father in Heaven who revealed this. Who is the church? The church is, has been revealed as the revelation of God. The Holy Spirit reveals um, reveals to the church about Jesus. The Bible says that that which the Lord has prepared for us, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has thought of, no mouth has spoken of, but God has revealed through his spirit because the Holy Spirit uh, examines the deepest thoughts of God. And the Bible says no one can call him Lord unless it is through the Holy Spirit. The Lord wants to give us new revelations every day. And he wants us to know Jesus more every day. Are we receiving revelations from the Lord? When was the last time God gave you new revelations about himself? Often, Believers come together, they speak of every subject under the sun except for what God has revealed to them. They know who won today's football, Liverpool or Manchester. They know that Everton beat Manchester 3-1 yesterday. They know about the news, about political events. What new revelation has been opened to you from the Lord? What has the Holy Spirit told you this week? How has the Lord revealed himself to you this week? How did the Bible reveal himself to you? Who is the church? The church is someone who has an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come for this to speak to us about Him, to glorify the Lord in our lives so that we might know the Lord Jesus. And we need to allow Him so that the Lord might say, so Jesus might say to us, you are blessed. You are blessed for this, for this has been revealed to you. And this is the church which the Holy Spirit wants to have a close relationship with. Jesus also gives another promise to the church. He says, you are called to power. And I give you the keys to heaven. Whatever doors you lock on earth will be locked in heaven. And whatever doors you open on earth shall be open in heaven. So he's allowing us to become part of his authority. It's a wonderful thing.
I have the keys to my house. And uh, two of these uh, keys of my house keys. My wife has them as well. My children have them. Because they belong to that house. They have the same authority as I have. The Lord has the keys to heaven in his hands, but he's also given them to us. He, Jesus said, all authority in heaven is given to me, all power is given to me, and on earth. But on earth, who does he work through? The church. So the church uh, cooperates as part of God's authority. And we need to use that authority and use that power. We shouldn't consider ourselves to be weak and vulnerable. We are kings, we are high priests. We are his mighty army. We shouldn't consider ourselves to be feeble or weak. Because the Lord has said, all power which is given to me, I share with you. And as I have been victorious, you also shall be victorious. And I have trodden over all serpents on your behalf. And no harm will come to you. This is the church. This is the power the church is called unto. If the people of the church know Jesus in this way, then it will, it will walk in that power and authority as well. This is a short summary of who Jesus is, uh, towards the church and how we should relate to the church in this regard. I want us to know our position as the church. Let's stand together and give praise to God. For the church. For the Lord of the church. For the foundation of the church. For the founder of the church. For the head of the church. For Lord, for Lord Jesus. And praise God that the Lord, Lord has been merciful to us and has revealed himself to us. And praise God that he has given us the keys of heaven that we might uh, open and close. And let us accept that the powers of, of hell and the powers of darkness cannot prevail against us as we walk in this truth. If we accept these words, then let's praise him together. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd like a couple of people to praise him from a Hallelujah. Let's praise him with a loud voice for the wonderful position and, and, uh, and the status of And let's praise him for the Lord of the Church. Hallelujah. Feel free to pray openly. Hallelujah. We'll close with a song and if anyone would like extra prayer, please come forward um, and we'll be happy to pray with you afterwards.
we have the slide up, please? <laughs> 